1: Welcome to House of Cards. Dave Weishel with you here deep from the swamps of Jersey. we got a great show coming up for you. Everyone that I know that has visited Vegas has told me I have to check out one place, and that place is the Mob Museum. It's one of the most unique museums in this country because it documents and has exhibits from the mob and the underworld figures that are a part of the history of this country. They even have a speakeasy. And we're going to find out all about the Mob Museum and the exhibits and the programs they offer from the Vice President of Exhibits and Projects at the Mob Museum, Jeff Schumacher. Just going to tell us what we can experience when we walk through the doors of the incredible Mob Museum in Las Vegas. So stick around. We'll be right back with House of Cards. The House of Cards Gaming Report is brought to you by Fubo Sportsbook. Get in the game with Fubo Sportsbook. And now new customers get a risk-free bet up to $1,000 plus a free month of Fubo TV when you sign up at FuboSportsbook.com with promo code WATCH, W-A-T-C-H. That's promo code WATCH when you sign up to get your first risk-free bet up to $1,000 at Fubo Sportsbook plus a free month of Fubo TV. Sign up, then sync up to enjoy one of the most unique and personalized sports experiences in the market today. Watch, wager, and win with Fubo
2: Sportsbook. Some surprises are good. Some surprises are life-changing. And some surprises can be financially devastating. That's why you need 210 Home Buyers Warranty. 210 Home Buyers Warranty covers critical systems like your heating, cooling and water heater. And appliances like your fridge from breakdowns caused by routine use. Because something will break down right when you need it most. A refrigerator breakdown can cost over $1,200 to replace. With 210, as little as $85. Water heater breakdown, nearly $1,800. With 210, as little as $85. AC breakdown Down $2,500, with 210 as little as $85.
3: I enjoy knowing that any issues I may have with my home
2: will be taken care of. Everything was handled professionally.
0: The response and service is always timely and professional.
2: No matter the age of your home or appliances, a home warranty service agreement from 210 Home Buyers Warranty can help reduce your financial stress. Call 800-580-7703. 800-580-7703. That's 800-580-7703. Call now to get two months free. You're listening to The House of Cards.
0: This was what I was meant to do. This was where I was supposed to be. Movie stars in Hollywood, politicians in Washington, gamblers in Vegas, yeah. and all is right with the world. <laughs>
1: Welcome back to House of Cards. Dave Weishato with you. We've all seen The Sopranos or The Godfather or the movie Bugsy and we're thoroughly entertained and fascinated about the mob in this country. Well, in Las Vegas, a city a lot of people believe that the mob built, there is a museum dedicated to the influence the mob had on our society. In February, the Mob Museum celebrated its 10th anniversary, and I can't wait to hear all about it because on the line we have Jeff Schumacher, who is the Vice President of Exhibits and Programs at the Mob Museum. Jeff, thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks very much for inviting me. Oh, it's our pleasure. And I got to tell you, speaking as a guy who loves history and who loves the stories of mobsters and gangland activity, I have to tell you, I think you have one of the greatest jobs in the world. What led you to start working with the Mob Museum?
4: Well, I have to say, I agree with you. I do <laughs> have a great job. You know, I, I get to uh, talk about interesting things and research interesting things every day. Um, I got, I started my career in, in the newspaper business. I was a reporter and then a, an editor and a columnist and, and I actually thought my whole life was going to be about that. Uh, but about nine years ago, I had the opportunity to, uh, to come and move to the mob museum and, and really start up the, uh, the content department as we mm-hmm. called it then. And, you know, we were able to, you know, it was an it was an effort to continually ev- evolve the museum, not just be a static thing but continually improve it add new stories uh you know a, a acquire additional artifacts put together great programming and so that's what I've been doing for the last 9 years
1: now every time I've talked to someone who has come back from Las Vegas every one of them have said you have to check out the mob museum for those of us who are not familiar with the mob museum or for those of us who haven't visited yet uh, tell us something about it what was the whole concept for the creation of the mob museum
4: yeah, so it really starts with the building. You know, uh the the my museum is located in a historic building. It's the first US post office and courthouse in Las Vegas. Wow. Now Las Vegas is not a terribly old city as <laughs> many people know, but so this building was opened in 1933. Uh we consider that pretty old. Yeah. <laughs> so uh when this building uh, in the, in the year 2000 the federal government kind of decided, you know, we don't need that building anymore. Las Vegas had grown so much that uh, they had built a dist- other courthouses and other post offices all over the place. So they were going to get rid of the building. And at that time, the mayor of Las Vegas was Oscar Goodman. Okay. And Oscar Goodman, uh, you know, apropos of this conversation, he was one of the most prominent mob defense attorneys in the country. And then he retired from that and became the mayor of Las Vegas. So when this building came available in downtown Las Vegas, he thought, the city needs to acquire this building. This could be a great way to redevelop our downtown. Mm-hmm. So the city was able to acquire the building uh, for a dollar uh, <laughs> as long as they were doing, it was going to be used for a good cultural use. Okay. And then the, then the debate uh, started as to, okay, what are we going to do with the building? And Oscar came up with the idea for a mob museum, a museum dedicated to the history of organized crime and law enforcement in America. It's such a
1: great idea, and, and it's such a fascinating area of history, and, and, and that proves about how many people have visited. I, I read somewhere your first year you had 100,000 visitors. Now, 10 years later, you have over 3 million people have walked through your doors. That's absolutely incredible. What is it about the mob or organized crime that fascinates people so much? I mean, what makes people want to go and see objects that mobsters have had some kind of contact with?
4: You know, it, it's a question I get a lot, and it's always difficult to answer. But I do think that the the, the, the history of the mob, uh, has there's two things about it that I usually mention. First is there's a, a many great personalities, right? There are mm-hmm. individuals that people can identify with. You don't want to glorify criminals. That's important. Sure, I mean, sure. these people were doing bad things. So we don't want to make them out like they were great people. But what they were were great personalities and people are 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 drawn to these people in history who were involved in interesting uh things so al capone lucky luciano you know john gotti these people uh stand out from the crowd and people want to know more about them um the other uh element of it i think is the that this is kind of like a shadow history of of the world of, of america for sure sure in that so much of what the mob did intersected with what you learned, you did learn in high school, you did learn in college about the history of our country. But uh, you don't, um, you know, these are, th- they were involved in politics. They were involved in, uh, you know, cr- famous crimes. They were involved in corruption uh, and they were building things. I mean, the mob was involved in all kinds of aspects of our history that we, that we want to know more about
1: talking about what you have in the Mob museum i went to your the website themobmuseum.org and i was amazed at the size of the museum you mentioned your building and and it's four stories tall and it's full of exhibits mm-hmm. at at the moment how many exhibits do you have in the museum
4: well uh, the way i would i would describe it is you know we have four floors uh, full of exhibits mm-hmm. and artifacts and we tell our story chronologically or we try to, you know, from top to bottom. So most of the guests come to the museum, we'll start on the third floor, and then they'll work their way down. And uh, we have probably, you know, if you, it depends how you define an exhibit, right, as opposed to a display <laughs> sure, or whatever. Sure. But um, I would say we have, you know, probably seven or eight exhibits on each floor. Wow. Mm-hmm. And and that way people understand that it, it covers a lot of ground. Mm-hmm.
1: Stick around. We'll be right back with more House of Cards.
0: Auto Accident Help Desk is a marketing agency connecting callers with attorneys. Providers pay a fee for advertising services.
3: I love getting my kids ready and driving them to school.
0: But a careless driver can change your life in an instant, and insurance companies want to settle on the cheap. Auto Accident Help Desk connects victims with powerful lawyers. They fight for you.
3: I called Auto Accident Help Desk and got help for my pain and
0: suffering. Don't let an insurance company take advantage of you. Our attorneys fight and beat big insurance every day.
1: Welcome back to House of Cards. Dave Weishaddle with you. This portion of House of Cards is brought to you by SCCG Management, delivering technology-driven capability expertise and customer and business value to the gaming industry for over 30 years. For more information, go to sccgmanagement.com. For those of you just joining us, I am talking with the Vice President of Exhibits and Programs at the Mob Museum, Jeff Schumacher. I'm certainly going to ask you about some of your exhibits, but but I want to start off with one that just absolutely boggles my mind. You opened your doors on February 14th, 2012, which was the anniversary of the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. And the Mob Museum, did they actually have a brick wall that the mobsters stood against as they were shot? I mean, yeah. If how did you ever get a hold of something like that? I mean, did, did you know someone who owned it or did they donate to the museum? Um, how did you get the brick wall from the St. Valentine's Day Massacre?
4: So that is an interesting story. So, you know, in 1929, uh, the in Chicago, the massacre occurred, uh, and in this building, nondescript building really, on the north side of Chicago. And it became a bit of a landmark. People in Chicago knew about this building, they knew about what had happened there. Uh, and so when news, uh, uh, in the news, it was reported in the late 60s that the building was gonna be torn down. Uh, A man named George Patey recognized the historical significance of this building, and he wanted to somehow, you know, save some element of this building. And so he uh, identified the brick wall uh, of the building against which these men were lined up and killed in the massacre. And he acquired those bricks from the uh, before it was demolished. So those bricks that he numbered them and lettered them so that they could be the wall a portion of the wall could be recreated. So George Patey had these bricks and he sold off a few of them one by one but the for the most part he kept them and he displayed them uh for a period of time in uh in Canada uh and in uh other places. He he was looking for a venue for you know for these bricks and never found a, the right place it seems. We didn't have a mob museum back in those days. So, yes. uh, so he when he passed away, his niece acquired these bricks, and it so happened that as as publicity about the mob museum before it was built, before it opened, uh, there was publicity about the coming museum. She saw this and she contacted uh, the you know the key members of uh, of the museum at that time and said that she had these bricks, and so uh, an agreement was reached and the museum was able to acquire them. And then we carefully put together an exhibit that shows, that, that recreates the bricks in the right order. Wow! You know, so that it looks exactly as it did on the day uh, these guys were gunned down. So it was a it was a real stroke of luck that uh, that she still had the bricks. Number one, uh, that it just so happened she lived in Las Vegas. <laughs> uh, that was helpful. Um, it would have been quite a shipping charge. For yeah, yeah. Why? and uh and then we were able to acquire them from her so that became our signature artifact uh is that wall tell
1: us something about your other exhibits that you have on display at the mob museum what can people experience when they visit the mob museum i i mean i read in your website that you have something called the crime lab experience which i that's something i would absolutely love to do tell us something about what people will see and experience when they walk through your doors
4: Absolutely. So you know, there's, there's a there's a mix of things to do. That's what makes the, mm-hmm. the it, it, often the case. People will they come to Las Vegas and and they don't they want they know they want to go to the mob museum, but they're not sure like what they're going to see, right? So they thought, well, maybe I'll I'll reserve an hour or an hour and a half <laughs> to come <laughs> to the mob museum in my schedule. And then I've got other things to do. But when they get here, they tend to find that if they really want to, the full experience, it's going to take longer than an hour. Mm-hmm and that's because we have so many different things that you can do here. Uh I will say that you mentioned the crime lab. Uh this is one of our uh paid experiences that people absolutely love. We we created a whole uh a space art, uh, exhibit space where we allow the guests to uh engage in the interactive experiences that help them to understand, you know, forensic science better and you know we people are fascinated by forensics from watching television different crime shows you know where you're you're taking dna or you're you're finding other pieces of evidence at a crime scene and that's all that's all based in truth but what ends up happening of course is that you know they resolve these these matters in a matter of minutes in a crime show right <laughs> and it ultimately takes a lot longer than that and it's a lot more complicated so what we do in the crime lab is we help our guests to understand exactly how these things work and they really enjoy that. Another thing that we do is we have in our basement, uh, we have a speakeasy and a distillery. And I, I don't, we have a speakeasy exhibit and a distillery mm-hmm. exhibit based on prohibition, right? That would be <laughs> the first way I would describe it. But in fact, it's a working bar uh, where people go you know, to have a drink Wow! But it's full of artifacts, full of exhibits, telling you all about the Prohibition era. And then we have adjacent to that a distillery exhibit, which you learn about the making of alcohol during Prohibition, uh, and the you know the smuggling of of alcohol into the country. But what you also get is we're actually making moonshine in the basement. Wow! <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, this is something that people get to experience. We have what we call our distillery tour and tasting. And you, it's a paid experience. You sit down. Uh, there, uh, one of our educators will tell you about the about prohibition and about uh, you know moonshine and all of that. But then you get to taste uh, our moonshine, and you get uh, to learn about how we make it and uh, how it was made during you know back in the day. So that's another experience that uh, people uh, really talk about afterward.
1: See that's that's amazing. That is such hands-on experience of yesteryear. It's it, it, to learn like that. It, it's you know you're drinking and you're learning and your history. It's you're the best <laughs> the best of both worlds. I, I gotta ask you. I, I, do you have a favorite exhibit in the collection? I, I know you're the vice president of exhibits and programs. So yeah. I guess that's like asking you who's your favorite child. But I'm I'm curious. <laughs> I mean, if someone came in and said. I want to see one exhibit. Give me your crown jewel of your collection. What is it that it, you show it, people?
4: I, I think my, my, you know, my favorites change over time. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, my former favorites and, but I would say my current favorite would be our exhibit about the Flamingo hotel. Oh, okay. And that was the building of the Flamingo in Las Vegas. That you mentioned the movie Bugsy yep. earlier, uh, that one has <laughs> a lot of fiction in that movie, but, but it's really about uh you know uh Bugsy Siegel and others who were involved in building the Flamingo which played a big role in the development of Las Vegas and we have some artifacts that are just amazing in this exhibit we have for example the uh, the original down payment check that was wow. made to buy the land uh to buy the land that became the Flamingo we have um a, a, a contract that was uh, between Bugs, signed by Bugsy Siegel, Ben Siegel. uh, And what it did is he bought out one of his partners uh, for $600,000 so that Bugsy could have full control of the casino. And there's a whole drama behind that. But we have the original contract, signed contract. Um, And then uh, we have a number of other artifacts related to the Flamingo uh, when it opened. And it was such a pivotal moment in Las Vegas and really in mob history as well.
1: Stick around. We'll be right back with more House of Cards. The East Coast Gaming Congress returns to Atlantic City for its 25th year on September 21st to the 23rd at the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino. As the largest gaming conference in the eastern United States, the East Coast Gaming Congress features keynote addresses from top gaming executives, leaders from gaming suppliers, sports betting operators, lotteries, and government agencies. In addition to traditional brick-and-mortar gaming, the East Coast Gaming Congress focuses on cutting-edge issues that range from sports betting to esports to iGaming. And for the fourth consecutive year, New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy will deliver the State of Gaming keynote address. Over 500 gaming operators, analysts, attorneys, and other gaming-related professionals are to attend ECGC, go to ECGC.us for the full three day conference schedule and registration. Early bird savings are available too. The 25th Annual East Coast Gaming Congress and Next Gen Gaming Forum, September 21st to the 23rd, at Hard
5: Rock Hotel and Casino in Atlantic City. Register today at ECGC.us. Get ready,
1: Pennsylvania, to take the best poker games with you on the go anywhere in Pennsylvania with the World Series of Poker Real Money Online Poker App. For over 50 years, the World Series of Poker has been the most trusted name in poker. Now it's your chance to win WSOP circuit rings and WSOP bracelets from anywhere in the Commonwealth. And WSOP.com has a great new sign-up offer for its Pennsylvania players. Download the app or go to WSOP.com and sign up using our bonus code CARDS21. You'll get $25 in free play just for signing up. Get another $25 with your first deposit. That's $50 free play just by signing up and depositing with WSOP.com. And don't forget to use our code CARDS21 at registration. Become a poker champion with an authentic WSOP experience right from the comfort of your own home or anywhere in the Keystone State. Download the WSOP app or go to WSOP.com and sign up today. The cards are in the air at WSOP.com. Must be 21 years or older. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, this is Dave Weishato from House of Cards with your House of Cards gaming report for the week of September 12, 2022. Foxwoods Casino in Connecticut announced an $85 million renovation to the resort. In addition to a 13,000 square foot restaurant, the renovation plans include 50,000 square feet of gaming floor being added to the property. The new gaming floor will not only have table games and slots, but also a new high-limit slot area. This is the first major renovation of the resort since 2008, and it comes at a time when the casino is celebrating its 30th anniversary iGaming Ontario reported the first set of figures of the regulated gaming industry in the province. Over the first three months of operation, the 31 licensed websites reported over $3.11 billion in handle and a revenue of more than $123 million. iGaming Ontario also reported that there are over 492,000 registered users on those regulated gaming sites. And finally, a record bad beat jackpot was won at the Rivers Casino in Pittsburgh. The $1.2 million jackpot was triggered when Brian Flanagan's quad aces were beaten by Raymond Broderson's spoiled Flush. Flanagan took home $500,000 and Broderson won $368,000 with the rest of the jackpot split up between the other players sitting at the table. I'd be happy with just a seat at that card game. Have any news or tips regarding casinos, gaming, or legislation, send us an email at newsroom at houseofcardsradio.com and follow us on Twitter at HSC Radio. The House of Cards Gaming Report is brought to you by Fubo Sportsbook. Get in the game with Fubo Sportsbook. And now new customers get a risk-free bet up to $1,000 plus a free month of Fubo TV when you sign up at fubosportsbook.com with promo code WATCH. W-A-T-C-H. That's promo code WATCH when you sign up to get your first risk-free bet up to $1,000 at Fubo Sportsbook. Plus, a free month of Fubo TV. Sign up, then sync up to enjoy one of the most unique and personalized sports experiences in the market today. Watch, wager, and win with Fubo Sportsbook.
0: You're listening to House of Cards. Your Majesty, the royal wrestlers await. I'll bet on the little guy. How much? 3,000 guineas, two geese, and a duck. That's a foul bet.
1: Welcome back to House of Cards. Dave Weisshuttle with you. For those of you just joining us, I am talking with the Vice President of Exhibits and Programs at the Mob Museum, Jeff Schumacher. I'm curious, how does the Mob Museum go about acquiring its exhibits? Because, I mean, what you have on display is a big part of the history of this country. Do you have people scouring the country for mob memorabilia? Do you have family members? And when I say family members, I mean biological family of these mobsters donating them to you. I'm just amazed at the exhibits you have on display.
4: Yeah, so so we we uh, the the artifacts in, in our, on display in our museum come to us in a in a variety of ways. Um, one of those is through donations. Mm-hmm. So we do get calls from, you know, as you mentioned, family members of the mob, uh, others collectors who have objects, and those are donated to us, and then they are added to our collect our permanent collection. Another way this happens is that objects are loaned to us. So people will say. Uh, we think it'd be great for you to display this object in your museum, but we don't want to give it up quite yet, you know, <laughs> permanently. So they will loan it to us for five years or 10 years or something like that, and then it can be part of our exhibit. And then the third way that we acquire uh, artifacts is is through purchase. Mm-hmm. And we do have a budget for that, and we are involved in auctions, and we're involved in uh, uh, negotiations with collectors and others, and we do acquire objects that way. But as you mentioned scouring the country. we, I do a lot of that myself. Uh, some of my fellow staff members are involved in that. And then we do have people around the country who know that we are very interested in certain objects. And so they do help us. Now, I know the Mob
1: Museum also hosts programs related to the mob and crime oh, yeah. topics. Uh, t- tell us something about the programs that the Mob Museum offers so people can get involved with it.
4: Yeah, very, very proud of our programming. You know, over the years, we have had, I think... You know every significant mob historian has spoken at the mob museum. Mm-hmm. We also have uh, had a, a large number of individuals who perhaps used to be involved with the mob or who were law enforcement people who spent their careers working you know trying to take down the mob um, have come in and spoken at the museum. Uh, we do lectures, but we also do panel discussions and other kinds of inter- you know more uh, personal events where people can come and speak one-on-one with people as well. And, um, and, and so and, and in addition to that, we've had actors, you know, who were in mm-hmm. mob movies and uh, it, it's, um, it's a very uh, uh, fun experience for people who come into the museum and see these things in person, but we also live stream a lot of our programming, not all, but a lot of it. Mm-hmm. And then those ultimately become available on our YouTube channel as well as on our website. So a person can go back and look at a program we had eight or nine years ago at this point without any trouble at all, or you can see something that happened two weeks ago. Um, so we, we've got a, a full uh, lineup coming up you know, this fall and then we're starting to look now at 2023 and mm-hmm. what we can do. And we're always trying to top ourselves, right? We, we're always trying to bring in yet another bigger uh, individual. But uh, you know, it's just, it's it, we're really proud of it, and I think it, it, people who come to these events they find that they're very professionally mm-hmm. uh, put together, and that the people who come and speak are are, are you know just very uh, you know they're uh, enthusiastic about being at the museum and telling their stories.
1: You know, I, I love the fact that you can actually have private functions at the mob museum. I, I got to tell you, for a guy like me that loves history and loves the history of the mob, that would be the best place to have a party or reception or something like that. I, and I'm, I, I was thinking, I'm sitting here, what a great place for a field trip if you're a kid. It must be one of the greatest field trips of all time. I, I never had an experience like that. I, I tell people how they can actually have a private function at the mob museum.
4: You know we do we do host a a, a large number of private events. Um, you know one of the more you know uh, uh, the more the, the more attractive ones is we have hold a lot of weddings. <laughs> we have we, we have a court our courtroom on the second floor, and it it looks like the courtroom looked in 1933 or 1950, um, and it's just a wonderful venue. That's also where we hold our public programs, mm-hmm. uh, but you know you can rent that space out and you can have a wedding or a wedding reception in there. Uh, we also, uh, will do big dinners, we'll do, um parties, receptions, and we, and those things can be done not only in the courtroom, but also down in the speakeasy and distillery space. And, you know, it's just a big corporations come in and, and they'll have a convention on the strip, and then they'll have a, a more exclusive party at the mob museum. That happens a lot. Uh, but we've also had really quirky things, like, you know, like high school proms. Wow. Uh, that, <laughs> That'd be know, great. Things like that. And kids are the kids will dress up, you know, in uh, sort of, you know, gangster style or whatever and uh and have a good time. Um and then um you mentioned uh field trips. We do have field trips and students do come to the mob museum, typically not little kids, right? Okay. They're yeah. a little bit older. But um so we have that and, and they come for field trips and then we also do outreach. So we go out into the schools in las vegas and do um, programs and we don't necessarily talk about the mob so much mm-hmm. but we talk about las vegas history and we talk about prohibition and and different different important topics for kids to know about the history of their community and of their country
1: Well, you mentioned Las Vegas, and I think the Mob Museum is certainly located in the greatest city for the subject matter of these exhibits. I I mean, I'm sitting here in New Jersey, and everyone thinks about Mm -hmm. the Sopranos or Boardwalk Empire when you mention the mob in this state. But Las Vegas was the town that everyone thinks that the mob really transformed into what it is today. What was it about Las Vegas that attracted so many figures in the underworld? I mean, what was the lore of that city for these mobsters?
4: I think the primary attraction of Las Vegas when the mob started coming here in the 1940s was the the ability to operate a casino legally, as opposed to illegally, as they had been doing for decades mm-hmm. before. And you know, the thing about operating illegally is that you have to pay off a lot of people in order to operate. And then you also have to, oh, you're always looking over your shoulder to see if somebody's coming through the door, you know, the feds or somebody else. And, and it's just probably very, uh, stressful. And, um, and so you come to Las Vegas, you have all these skills. You know how to run a casino. You know how to run all the games. You know how to give people, show people a good time. So now you discover, oh, we can do this in Las Vegas and we can, and it's legal. Nobody's going to bother us. So this was definitely uh, a big attraction for the mob. And then it was really just the large amounts of money, of cash, you Mm -hmm. know, coming through the door. Uh, The mob is all about making money, and it's all about cash, because they don't want to pay taxes on anything. Sure. And uh, (laughs) so Las Vegas is a way where they could get away with, for a time, they could get away with, uh, you know, uh, taking a lot of cash out of these casinos and sending it back home. You know, whether it was to Chicago or New York or Cleveland or mm-hmm. Kansas City or wherever, a lot of money left the state uh, in, uh, you know, trunks of cars and bags that were taken on airplanes and trains. And, you know, that's not necessarily a good thing for Nevada because, you know, we <laughs> yeah. could have used that tax money. Sure. But, uh it uh, definitely helped to build, build the casino industry in our city.
1: Well, you mentioned Bugsy Siegel and the Flamingo and the display you have and the exhibit you have at the Mob Museum, and, and he was certainly a huge part in transforming Las Vegas into what it is today. But is there a mobster that was just as important or even more important than Bugsy Siegel in the creation of Las Vegas? I mean, certainly Siegel yeah. was front and center, but are we missing someone that we should be giving credit to and making Vegas in what it is today?
4: Oh, absolutely. Uh, I would mention two right off the bat. So the first one is uh, Meyer Lansky, also a very famous mobster. It was Lansky who was behind the mob coming to Las Vegas in the first place. He was, you know, basically very close with Bugsy Siegel. and But he was always the brains of the operation, right? Mm -hmm. And Lansky was very adept in in gambling. He ended up running gambling in uh, Cuba, remember, for a long time in the 50s. Well... So I would give Meyer Lansky a lot of credit for the mob uh, understanding that Las Vegas could be a very lucrative place for them. And then the second person I would mention is Moe Dalitz. And Moe Dalitz was a, uh, a, a mobster from Cleveland who came to Las Vegas in 1949 uh, and invested in the Desert Inn Hotel. And he and his partners from Cleveland were the ones who got that going. And it was Moe Dalitz who kind of legitimized uh, the sort of, he became kind of like the gentleman mobster in Las Vegas. He be, he donated to charities. He uh, built a hospital. He built, helped build a country club here. Uh, he built a synagogue. I mean, this was a guy who was not only just trying to take money out of Las Vegas, but he was trying to build Las Vegas as a citizen, as well as being a mobster. <laughs> um, so he he's the one who kind of became accepted in society here to the point where you know, he was named by some organizations later on in his career as life as you know, citizen of the year or you know, philanthropist of the year, and it got to the point where people kind of conveniently forgot about his past, and and that was important in those early years in Las Vegas because so many of the people running the casinos had criminal pasts, and they were trying to go legit, and uh and Mo Dalitz was was definitely the catalyst for that. So. Those are two that jump out to me.
1: See, this is the kind of cool history you don't get at other museums. That's why the Mob Museum, I think, is so important that people go there and learn this kind of history. Plus, you have a great website, too. I want to tell everyone to go there, mobmuseum.org. Tell people what they can find when they visit your website.
4: So the website, I in some ways, is an extension of the museum in that we have a lot of content on our website. Certainly, you can buy tickets there. We want you to do that. Um, you can learn about different uh, fun things to do at the museum. You can get in and you know, talk about private events. It's a place where you can uh you can uh, get that process started if you want to hold an event at our museum. It's also a place where you can learn about all the public programming that we have. But it's also a place where you can learn about the mob. We have a lot of content, a lot of biographies of mobsters, and uh, our blog is is very active. We have a lot of original research that's published in our blog, and we have a lot of really high-profile writers uh, contributing to the blog. And then all the videos of the past programs and other videos are available there as well. So... It is a resource, you know, for people who want to learn more about the mob. I, it would be the first place I would check before you go to Wikipedia or wherever, go to the mob museum.
1: By the way, you also have a really great online store. My mom's an Italian woman from New Jersey, so uh, I might need to get her the Forgot About It mug that you have online. So people yeah. should check out, definitely check out your store. Uh, but tell me about some of the exhibits and programs that you're planning in the coming months and coming year. What, what should people look out for when they're planning their trip to the mob museum?
4: You know, I think the, the, the best thing to do, as I mentioned, is to keep an eye on our website. And you can actually get our e-newsletter. It's very easy to subscribe to. And then people can get a, a weekly update on what's coming down the pike. But what I can tell you is that, you know, uh, for, definitely for 2023, if people are planning ahead a little bit, um, I don't have dates for you, but I can tell you that our intention is for 2023 is that we're going to bring in some, some very high profile, individuals uh that we we budgeted for this so that we can bring in some some people who are going to pack the room you know for sure and um and and we're talking about people who are involved in mob movies actors you know the directors we're talking about uh individuals who were very you know very high profile members of the mob who are now reformed if you will and okay. have uh have, have moved into uh really starting telling people more about that history like we do and uh so we're looking to partner with some of them to help us uh, tell these stories at the museum and i think that hopefully that's helpful i, I just want to uh kind of urge people to keep an eye on what's coming down the pike because we we do have some very interesting programming coming especially in 2023
1: jeff we're running out of time but can you give out your website again and any social media address the bob museum might have and, and also tell people how to sign up for their your newsletter
4: yes uh so first uh, the 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 website is uh, uh it's www.themobmuseum.org and uh so the mob you got to have the t-h-e in there mob yeah. museum the mob org. uh you can sign up for the newsletter on the website it's not hard to find and i would encourage you people to do that it's a it's a really attractive e-newsletter and you won't be disappointed in the content um, as for our social media presence, uh, uh, you know we're on uh, Facebook, easy to find, Twitter, uh, Instagram, and you know especially Instagram. I would recommend uh, signing up not only for the Mom Museum uh, to follow the Mom Museum, but follow our Underground, which is our speakeasy and distillery space, so that you know what's going on down there. And it's really a, a much greater focus on, in that on Instagram on you know the cocktails that we create and the uh, uh, different parts of the history of Prohibition that we try to uh, take advantage of down there. And that's a really fun read. So I'd recommend that.
1: Jeff Schumacher, Vice President of Exhibits and Programs of the Mob Museum. Thanks so much for coming on and telling us all about the Mob Museum. I think it's an amazing place to go and find out about a part of the history of this country that you normally don't hear about from other museums. So thank you so much for coming on and telling us what the Mob Museum is all about. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you very much for having me. Stick around. We'll be right back with more House of Cards. The House of Cards Gaming Report is brought to you by Fubo Sportsbook. Get in the game with Fubo Sportsbook. And now new customers get a risk-free bet up to $1,000 plus a free month of Fubo TV when you sign up at FuboSportsbook.com with promo code WATCH, W-A-T-C-H. That's promo code WATCH when you sign up to get your first risk-free bet up to $1,000 at Fubo Sportsbook plus a free month of Fubo TV. Sign up, then sync up to enjoy one of the most unique and personalized sports experiences in the market
3: today. Watch, wager, and win with Fubo Sportsbook
5: Casino! people got to win sometimes.
3: Oh, if you'll excuse
5: me, I'm a giant colorful chick to deposit.
1: Being the House is brought to you by BetMGM Casino. Play your favorite casino games at BetMGM Online Casino. Slots, table games, live dealer games, everything you love about Atlantic City and Vegas, all online at BetMGM. Don't wait. Join in the fun now. Go to BetMGM Casino, create an account using our promo code Turnpike, and become a verified player. New players get $25 free when signing up, plus a first deposit bonus up to $1,000. That's promo code Turnpike. At BetMGM.com for a 100% deposit match up to $1,000 plus $25 free. Grab a lion's share of the fun at BetMGM.com. Must be 21 years or older. To place a bet, terms and conditions apply, gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER.
6: And welcome to this week's edition of Beat in the House. I'm Doug Weishattle here with Dave Weishattle. We're going to be talking about casino jackpots, slop jackpots, bad beats, pie gal sometimes, any kind of jackpot that occurs in the gaming industry, even a lottery jackpot. We got a couple of those this week. Okay. We're going to be talking about keep the press releases coming in and we'll keep doing the segment because, quite frankly, we're not only getting brand new casinos sending us information, we're getting news about new games, news about different games, all that stuff. So it's always great to get something new in every week. And this is the first time to go right into this. We're going to start off with three straight million-dollar jackpots.
1: Okay. Well, I know one was a poker one, wasn't it? That's what we're going going to start with. That was the big story
6: this week. We have a world-record bad beat jackpot, $1.2 million. This happened at the Rivers Casino Pittsburgh. Uh, Benjamin Flanagan of West Virginia took home nearly five hundred thousand uh, dollars when his—I can't believe this—when he was beaten by a Royal Flush. His four aces were beaten by a Royal Flush. That's unbelievable. Yeah. I, I, I've never heard of quad aces being beaten. Well, again, that, that, that's why it's a bad beat. That's why it happens. That's you know, that's the
1: definition of a bad beat.
6: Well, his four aces were beat by the Royal Flush played by Raymond Broderson, These are all names in the press releases. I'm not reporting anything that they didn't give out publicly, so I just want to put that out there. Uh, The Rivers' bad beat jackpot was triggered when the four aces were beat by the Royal Flush. Wow. Um, Broderson, who had the winning hand, won $368,000. And... uh, uh, Benjamin won nearly five hundred thousand because he had the losing hand. The losing hand yeah. gets forty percent. The winning hand gets thirty percent. Yeah, and yeah. the rest of it gets split between the tables, uh, the people on the table, right at it,
1: the table. Okay, there's not like no. it's not like one of those Red Rock. No, Red Rock. Or, no, but, no, wait, Rock. was it Red Rock? No, the stations, stations, stations yeah. Casino yeah, yeah, stations
6: does the best bad beat where everybody in all their poker rooms, yeah, get. Uh, get a chunk Some, of the money. yeah something yeah but right now the so uh, this
1: one was only the the people sitting at people the table people at the tables okay yes. the table right table
6: the, I'm, i keep saying tables at yeah. the table yeah um it was 40% to the, to the to the loser 30% to the winner okay and then the six remaining players at the table each received about 61 grand wow that's that's wow. even better <laughs> for not even being in that result there.
1: That'd be great. I i just love sitting at the table watching that one. I just run over and sit down. Where's yeah. my share? Yeah, can you <laughs> Can you imagine that, man?
6: I that's amazing. 61,000 for not you, even... you fold
1: your hand early on yeah, and exactly. then you, and you get 61,000. Now, are... I don't know if that actually happened, but that that, that would be my <laughs> that would be my uh fantasy. Yeah, I got my uh, whole cards and I'm going to fold and I uh, get 61,000.
6: What I actually found really interesting was this this is 1.2 million dollar jackpot record uh, record jackpot for a bad beat the previous record uh was four hundred and
1: eighty thousand wow, one
6: right. back in two thousand and seventeen, so that that record has stood what what for a, about five years what a jump yeah, I mean four hundred and eighty to one point two million I'm just wondering what 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 was the last time the bad beat was won in rivers Pittsburgh I don't know, I, I don't mean know. for it to be one point two million that had to have been. Uh, what? Maybe ten years.
1: I don't. I don't know what what how how that progresses or what, what happens to that. But it's it's very interesting.
6: Yeah, so, it, it's it's nice to see a one point two million. million well, yeah, no, that, that, I don't think we've ever had anything like that before. I mean, not, not well. Even a, like, well, if it's a record, yeah, no I'm, one has I'm, that. I'm talking about like in terms of you know some of these other games that we've seen. I mean. That's that's a record nationally, or actually maybe worldwide. That's I don't know. a record. I don't so, know. but congratulations to Ben, to Ray, and all the other people seated at that table for a uh, really huge jackpot. Yeah, uh, we're going down to Florida now. Um, the Seminole uh, Casino chain always seems to have a jackpot winner. Seminole Co- Casino Coconut Creek in Florida had another million dollar jackpot winner. Uh, this is. I don't the, even
1: know where Coconut Creek is. I mean, I, I, I have no clue where that is. Well,
6: the Seminole Casino Coconut Creek had right. a patron hit the the progressive jackpot on the Dragon Link Golden Century slot machine, uh, one point oh nine nine million dollars on a twenty five dollar spin. It's always nice to see the amount that they bet. Yeah. Uh, so this was—I've never heard of Dragon Link, by the way. They're—they're—they're
1: they're, they're, yeah, they're very
6: obviously a very popular game.
1: Obviously, yeah.
6: Um, but but again, the um, the Golden Century. This is an, a chain of aristocrat games. Okay. Aristocrat Dragon Link. This is their other big one, as opposed to the Buffalo games that they have. All right. Uh, the Golden Century version, according to the release has the famous hold and spin feature with a chance to win up to 250 times what the player bet.
1: The famous hold and spin feature? Yes, that, uh, that's a big maybe feature. Maybe I'm not a sophisticated slot player, but I, what's the hold and spin feature? One one symbol locks in. Locks in. Okay. okay I've seen, I didn't even know that's what it's called. It's kind of obvious. I've, I've seen that before. I've I've actually had it happen to me. I didn't know it was called the hold and spin feature. All right and following now I know. following the win
6: the dragon link progressive jackpot was reset back to 1 million
2: okay. so it starts at 1
6: million Oh, all right so Great. it kind of you know takes the fun out of uh, letting it build but i guess uh, 1 million is 1 million for a progressive jackpot
1: and 1 million's fine for me yes. i'll i'll take it
6: going up to canada now uh, we actually uh, in the main show we actually did the uh, canadian numbers we have a jackpot at one of the casinos playtime casino kilauana over in British Columbia, Canada.
1: Kilowana?
6: Yes. Kilo Kilowna? How about that one?
1: K-E-L-O-W-N-A. However you say Kilo. it,
6: uh, we have... There's two
1: places now. I don't know where Coconut Creek is or Kilowna. We know where British Columbia, Kiloana. Canada
6: is. I know you where, know where the British profits, Columbia yeah. is. Yeah. A $5.25 wager on the PowerBook slot machine turned into $1.032 million. Wow. Okay. That's Canadian dollars. Okay. Uh after being at the casino for just 20 minutes. Wow, that's great.
1: You know, that's like that's that's the best story. It's yes. a low bet. It's a quick win and it's a huge win. Well, uh, according to the press release, the
6: winner uh said that his father wanted to go to the casino for a little bit. Okay. So his father him And his cousin and his cousin's girlfriend all went there. And within 20 minutes, they had won the million dollar jackpot.
1: So if your dad. Night was was done. So if your dad says he wants to go to a casino, it's a good sign. Take him to the casino. Uh,
6: You know, that's actually great advice, right there. uh, So listen to your father. Yeah, that's a
1: good son. (laughs) He brought his dad to a casino. See, good sons are rewarded.
6: Well, let's move on to a near $1 million uh, jackpot here. Uh, although I can't call this a jackpot. I guess it was a a win since it's a sports bet. Oh, okay. And I think we, you know what we're talking about here. Yeah,
1: I saw it on uh, Twitter, I think. I, I don't know who tweeted it out. It might might have been Fandle who tweeted it out. Well, I don't know. according
6: to Fandle, this was their largest payout on a NASCAR bet. Okay. And what makes this even more amazing is this was done on, on a free bet.
1: Oh, okay. So good.
6: the the way the, the wager didn't even risk anything. This was a free bet. That's great. It was great. a thirteen dollar free bet on the. He did a he did a parlay on the Coke Zero Sugar four hundred NASCAR Cup Series event at Daytona International Speedway. That was not too long ago. A couple Let me weeks tell you ago.
1: something. That's a great way to use a free bet. You know, if you
6: get a free bet, yes, yet, so If, you might if I know am going to win, a, well,
1: you know, I mean, I'm just saying you might as well try a parlay. You yeah. know you're not risking anything. Exactly.
6: But uh, the odds on the entire parlay. He did. He did uh, thirteen dollars and forty nine cent free bet to pick Cody Ware, B.J. McLeod, London Castle. I think that's how you say his name, David Reagan, to all finish in the top ten. By the way, that actually is not a. That's not a, a crazy bet. No, top would- ten finishes is
1: one of my favorite bets to do on racing. That's the only one I win on when it comes to NASCAR betting. I I've, am terrible at NASCAR betting. I had one time I bet on—I uh, forgot who the races were, but they were two people to finish in the top ten, and, and they got into a crash the second to the last <laughs> lap of the thing. So you know, it was I, awful.
6: I actually have have won the top five. I've never won a top three bet, or what is that? The platform?
1: Or... I've I, I've never hit
6: the actual winner. Either, no, no, I've never so hit. A I've winner. never done. Never that, hit a so. winner. But uh, this, this guy hit on all four of these, and he won. Let me get the exact number here. Uh, he won just short. He was fi- $566 short of a million dollars. Wow, that's great. So that was an incredible, incredible stroke of luck. Free bet, four-leg parlay, all hit, just great. under a million dollars, and largest payout. By on a NASCAR bet by Fanduel, and it was also done in Michigan. You see, that's so. why
1: it's important to look at the uh, sports books to see the promos and the bonuses and things like that. Yeah, I mean, you can get free bets and you know parlay it into this. Thing. Well,
6: again, this is also I I don't know if this was a new customer or it was yeah I don't whatever know it, it was. It didn't say whether it was a new customer, but. You know, when you do rack up loyalty points, a lot of these uh, sports books do have loyalty points. Keep an eye on those. Sure. Because you can turn them into free bets no matter what. uh,
1: Well, online casinos have loyalty points. Online poker have loyalty points. I mean, comps are a great thing. Yes, especially (laughs) now that the online casinos can do them. When
6: they first started, a lot of them didn't have them. Well, look, I mean,
1: if you're an online casino player or online poker player, you know, you, you can get comps and you can use them at the actual casinos. The brick and mortar casino, so you know, watch your comp points. Well, we
6: going over from motor racing betting. We now have another Hawaiian resident scoring a jackpot on what they're calling the Ninth Island.
1: So you which mean which is ha- Vegas. Hawaiian resident that actually visit Las Vegas. Yes. It seems like all the Hawaiian they call it the vacations. Ninth Island now. That it's like you know it's yeah. There's a that there must be a big vacation. Well, it's a big vacation spot for everyone, but well, Las there's, Vegas there's must no be gambling. a there's great no spot for Hawaiian because I guess it's only a three-hour flight. It's also it be? cheap flights from
6: Hawaii. to Is Vegas. it okay? Yeah. So, right. uh, yeah. But again, this is uh, at the Fremont Casino. Uh, the Jackpot did a five-dollar bet on the IGT Double Diamond slot machine. Um, actually was playing the $5. That was the minimum bet. It was a $15 wager. Okay. Hit the grand progressive jackpot of $153,000. Wow. Um, it's a good investment. Yes. Uh, Boyd has been very uh, doing very well by the Hawaiian residents visiting. Okay. So uh, according to Boyd, they had another guest who won a $100,000 uh, jackpot being dealt a royal flush on one of their video poker machines at the Aliante Casino. Wow. As a matter of fact, I think we had that in last week's. Okay. In the house, staying in Vegas, going to the Reno. We have a face the Rio, up, the the Rio. Yeah. Did I say the Rio? <laughs> or did I said, said the Reno. You said the Reno. The Reno. The okay. Rio. <laughs> no, Las Vegas. Reno's <laughs> another town. Sorry about that. The Rio, Las Vegas. Yeah. We have our first pie gal poker jackpot of the day.
1: Man, we have, we, Usually see, we have a
6: Pi Gow poker well, I don't, right boy, off the bat. Boy, Pie
1: Gow is just it, yes, so many jackpots.
6: Well, this is a f- another face-up Pie Gow poker jackpot. It's a progressive. uh, $107,725 progressive jackpot. They did not say whether this was a result of a side bet or, or it was just straight in the game. So. My,
1: my guess it's the side bets involved. To trigger the progressive, it has oh, yeah. to be a side bet. Yeah, I would guess A lot so. of
6: time when you're playing pie Gow, to get a progressive jackpot you have to trigger it by doing one of the side bets yeah, yeah so uh no word on what the amount of bet it was was placed but i gotta get
1: back into pie gal poker i, t- I tried it for a couple of weeks you know online because it's a great way to- online's a great way to learn these games they but didn't i gotta get the, i gotta jump back into it
6: did not even mention what the hand was oh okay but they did throw a uh, a clue they said, in PyGal, the Joker can be used as an ace to complete a straight and or a flush. Okay. So he must add one of those.
1: Yeah. Why else say it? Yeah. So,
6: so, but they didn't say it. But here we go. We're going over to New York now. We have a jackpot, jack Pocket jackpot to okay. talk about. That's the online lottery. That's the online lottery yeah. app. 26-year-old nursing student became the sixth millionaire through jack Pocket in wow. New York. Wow. That's six in New York alone. They're in other states, but this is six in New York.
1: Uh look, I, I listen to New York sports radio sometimes and it, jack pockets all over there. All over the place. They're advertising like you wouldn't believe in New
6: York. Well, she did a ten dollar uh she ordered ten dollars worth of cash for life lottery tickets. Okay. And won the million dollar jackpot. Wow. Now the uh the backstory is kind of interesting. She signed up because her cousin had told her to try it out. Uh mm-hmm. Uh, she had been ordering Mega million tickets through it. She had ten dollars left in the account.
1: Okay, ten dollars
6: so, right to cash for life, and she won cash for life.
1: See, that's great. Thousand dollars a week for see, life. I always like those stories, like in a casino. You know, a persons work walking out and let me just throw my last ten exactly. bucks into a slot machine, and this is the equivalent of that. Good, for, good for her.
6: And we're going to end this week with the Virginia Lottery, and I, I I'm, uh, I have to admit, the first line of the press release. That I read from the Virginia Lottery, it sounded like the first line in an action movie trailer. Mm-hmm. All Sherrod Hawkins wanted was some cigars. Okay. It sounds like the opening line of a trailer.
1: I know it's like, or or like a uh, you know a mystery novel or something like that. He walked into
6: uh, the uh, the FAS Mart, Fasmart, F A S <laughs> M A R T, F A S M A R T, Fasmart. FAS Mart. I guess he's supposed Where's to say Fasmart. This is Virginia. Okay, was uh, that a typo?
1: it might, no, have been a might, t-
6: might be a typo, but, fast you know, smart, Fast Fasmart, If you say it fast, it's fast. fast smart. Okay. Uh, he went in to get some cigars, and on his way out, he looked up, saw this ticket called the Payday Bonus Ticket. Okay. And on his way out, he just said, all right, I'll take one. What was it, a scratch ticket? He took it to his car, scratched it off, and won. Oh, wow. He won the uh, $500,000 top prize. Wow. That's so great. those were some good cigars he got. Yeah. But, uh... That's it for this week's Beat in the House. Congratulations to all our winners. Um, keep the press releases coming in. We will continue doing the segment, talk about all the different jackpots all around the country and sometimes internationally as well.
1: Well, that'll do it for us this week. I'll see you next time on House of Cards.